Hey oh hey oh, back again I see. A solid mistake that is because today's episode of Ren's Dream of Consciousness or something, we are hoping on Ren's Dream Train and going on an adventure. Today's adventure is all about what could be a fun game if I was rich and could fund it but instead I'm going to record myself rambling and he call it even. Hope you're all wrapped up in a blanket, all snuggly and stuff. Have a candle lit? A nightlight on? A hot drink? Good, you are ready. Because this train leaves the station. Now. Hi guys, it's me, Ren Still. Um, back for another episode, I assume. Since my last episode went exactly as I thought it was, I figured I might as well do it again and do another story time with dreams. Mostly because I don't have enough knowledge to cover anything else, I don't believe. There's a lot of things I want to talk about, but I know I would get so much of it wrong and not understand ma basic parts of it and other things. But um, because of that, I need to go to things that I know, and the only things I know are things that I've done. And seeing as for some reason I have been able to forget all the interesting stories I know I have, I'm just gonna talk about the stories I do have, and those the only stories I've ever written down are, well, dreams. So, uh, I found the first dream that I could, that I slightly remember, and was interesting enough, I think, to make an episode about. My, uh, my friends have told me it would make a very good, like, game, and I agree. This would be a pretty adequate game. I, I, I would play it. Uh, though I guess I, I have played it once in my dream, so... Yeah, no, I'd like to play it again. It'd be one of those games you could replay to see if you get the good ending, because I certainly didn't. I'm thinking about next episode I'll do another What's in My DMs. Uh, because I believe I found some old ones that could make an interesting thing. As well as maybe like some sparse readings of some new ones I got. It's been really dead in the DM department, to be honest. Not quite sure why. I've only been getting nice and respectful ones. Weird about that. Whoever thought I could get nice DMs? Uh, nice might be a strong word for it. Um, not uh, horribly creepy, I guess, is another way to describe it. Um, so because of that, I have run out of ideas. Well, no. I have a lot of ideas but not a good way to do any of them, I feel like. Um, so yeah, we're back to the whole dream train. And to be honest, they're, they're interesting enough, I think. And I have them often enough. Uh, who's to stop me from, well, recording my own dream journal, I guess. Yeah, you thought this was a podcast. This is gonna be my dream journal in audio format where I have to spend hours editing it. Whoop whoop. It is raining in real life. So if you guys catch a little bit of the pitter patter of rain, or if you like get the vibe I've got going on right now, that's why it's it's chill. It's also like cooling down. Um, I'm not a fan of the cold at all. I need to save up for a heating blanket, cause, mmm, heating blankets are good. Uh, though, my last one caught fire in the middle of the night. 
Uh, luckily, I have fast reflexes because what happened was it was like 2 a.m. I heard a pop and <laughs> saw my the blanket on my toes on fire. So I jumped up, unplugged it, then put out the fire. Luckily, everything was fine. The, the blanket wasn't. Um, so I threw that away. But yeah, no, that could have gone differently. But ha ha ha. Um. Anyways, besides that, let's go ahead and start with the whole dream talkaroony thingy. So, like the last episode, I do write my dreams down in a really broken format right after I have them, usually. Um, so this is going to be me reading from that and filling in. And more or less, I'm going to make this, this episode a bit more of a what I happen, more of a let me tell you a story. Right, this is this is going to be an actual story time. Uh, actually, I'm gonna light a candle, get the mood going, you know. Ah, there we go. There's a nice, nice candle going on. So, um, to set the mood, this was a dream in a urban-esque. So this dream is set in like almost modern days, of course a little bit dreamized, right? So um, I was, I've was i been watching a lot of like anime and stuff like that and playing some video games and it shows in this one. So of course like, like most shows or, or games like that, there was a little bit more of like a ritualistic kind of feel to it. There was like some like sci-fi and fantasy vibes everywhere. Um, so, the baseline of it was, so, uh, let's see. So, the in it looked like a, basically like a normal world, right? Except for, instead of the moon in the sky, there was a bow. Not like a, like a bow as in like a bow tie, but like a arrow shooting bow. So you would have like that, that half circle, the string in the middle, and it would just be in the sky, night and day. It, it didn't go around the earth, it was just always there. Um, not quite sure how that works out. Maybe it was like, like, uh, maybe it was like our own continent's bow or something like that. Who knows, I didn't get that far down into the mythos, but there was always the bow above us, so it would just be floating there. And, um, None of this was in my dream, but let's... It was, it's, it's my world. I get to pretend like it was. So, let's say, in ancient times, the bow was symbolized as the meaning of the world. And people were formed and given titles in order to keep the bow. Stories tell of a time before the bow was strung, when the world was not pulled tight and even as it was that the world was in chaos, that nothing had order, and there was nothing around, until two mighty heroes strung the bow and put it in place, keeping the world balanced. We're gonna go with that as the background. Now what Dreamy knew was that the soul of the world was the bow. Both sides are equal, held together in the middle by the third piece. Yet all was the same entity. The evil side of the bow and the good side of the bow. The evil side of the bow 
the good side the other, and logic and the reason the string in the middle. But the greed of society set it off. It was unbalanced, and because of that, it could not exist. So the, the evilness and the corruption of the world made it so that one side of the bow was pulling the string too taut, and the other side of the bow too weak to hold against the resistance. Because of that, the world could not remain as it was. And there was a few titles. The titles of the heroes that first strung the bow. One was the Time Maker. The one that had the power to pull the bow together and put the string on. And then there was the Lace Maker. The one who could make the string and make the components able to accept being strung. Two very important people. And every single generation there would be one tie maker and one lace maker born. And as they were raised, their instincts and their knowledge would be gifted to them. They would know how to wield their weapons, how to take care of the bow and influence the ones around them. Though the the bow, the, the job of theirs isn't to govern, but only to upkeep the bow. And because of that, the recent uh, makers have lost a little bit of their job. They forgot about the whole keeping the world balanced. So as my dream says, the first time I was a tie maker, but only a child. It was a born title, only one at a time, but I didn't yet have the powers I needed to fix the bow. My sister was the lace maker, the one who could repair the bow but not fix it, and she was older. She had gained much of the instinctual knowledge of her title, and I had not. And past me left a, left a note here that says, think of Zelda, really. So kind of like how, yeah, no, pretty much thanks Zelda for that one. The world could see the bow in the sky like how we can see the moon, but years have gone past and many uh, don't seem to notice it, too focused on their full pockets or their empty stomachs. The day came and the world heard the shifts of the bow, like the groan of metal. Some knew and started running, others stood still. Then the world felt the ground tremble and all knew. Some ran to their wealth, some ran to the forest, some, but most wanted to run home to end their life in peace. So to set the scene, you're, you're sitting in your house making food, playing games, reading a book, and um, you know, you know the, the sound effects they use in like uh, the current movies like Independence Day or Godzilla? Like that deep metallic groan? So that just shoots out, echoing over the world, and the normal daily life sound that you're used to halt. They stop. Nothing goes on as we process what it is. Now, people who were devout to the bow kind of understood that this was not only coming, but uh, what it would what since they knew it was coming that this this sound could only mean one thing. And those were the people who kind of oh there we go. But once um once the ground starts to shake, everyone's like oh it's loud noise, unbalanced world, new makers, 
row. So, um, I, I remember we had like a little pavilion house. So the tie maker, the lace maker, were sitting in the front yard playing games, talking amongst each other. Um, the lace maker was showing how she could, I think, weave grass and everything to make this super cool looking, like, um, like little little string and everything and I would just like play with it a bit and try and figure out like what it was and it would break because well I did have like the raw strength of the tie maker and so tie makers since they had the ability to pull the bow taut they had like this this firm strength this like unwielding ability to just do what they wanted with objects and lace makers, they had the ability to soothe, calm, settle, because their job was not only to make the string that would go in the middle weave the logic out of the world, but also to calm the, the arms of the bow, to make it so that they didn't quiver and lose their supple nature right whenever we needed it the most. So we heard the sound and we looked up and we saw one of the arms starting to shake. So we immediately started to run to the temple. And I think like um the temple, the path to the temple, it's like a hedge mage maze almost. The ground had paving stones overgrown with grass. There was these beautiful white lily-like bushes uh, on the side with like an overcast of trees. And so we're running. She's taking my hand and I have it looked like a like a hook almost uh, in my hand. I guess that was like my weapon, and she had like a, a more like a like some type of mace almost it was like the spiky thing at the end because the string was her thing. I guess neither of us had like a bow. Oddly enough, you would think like if our specialty was bows, we would have it, but I guess it would be sacrilegious or something. Who knows? So she has my hand, and we're or um so. These two kids, she was had to be like maybe 14 at the time and I was like maybe 11, eh, something like that. So we're, we're running down trying to get to the temple because the temples were like safe places and um, there's one on either side of the world, one representing each arm and the world itself was the string, was like the, the mental image of that. So we knew if we could get to this temple that no one else knew the location of, um, that we would be able to fix it. So I ran to the temple where my gear stood with my sister. We would be able to fix it there. Right as we almost hit the property, we heard the disjointed hollow thuds behind us. Pieces of the world started to break off and float in perfect squares. Things like the pixelized worlds you see in like sci-fi, where like the there's this cubes of earth floating everywhere. It was like that, but they're very small cubes, like maybe foot by foot, you know. Um, the squares did not care what was above or below it. All was segmented by the squares, including the living. The world had created the third title, String, the one who wanted the world to fall apart. So, if, say, if one leg was on one cube and the other leg was on another cube, well, um, kabloomy, you know. Um, it wasn't just the ground 
right? It wasn't like if you were just floating above it. No, these 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 lines went all the way up. So planes that were flying got made into cubes, birds flying, one wing would be one place, the other wing would be another, the body in the middle or something like that. Um, air, too, because in the places in between the cubes, there was nothing. So, yeah, an interesting thing there. So, the, the second that these cubes are deformed, usually there's like a wind, right, because the air is moving. But the cube even broke up that, so the wind stopped. The rustling of leaves ended. Even though there was cubes flying off from everything, you all you could hear was just, just this like hollow thud because the, the sound was being encapsulated in this cube. Um the the string, the the, the villain, right? He was being held by the balance, right? Because if the if the world is balanced, there is no string, because the string is part of the bow. But if the bow is imbalanced, then the string becomes its own entity, and that's where you get problems. So I remember knowing that the Time Maker has the the, the fighting power. So I told uh, Lace Maker to run ahead so that at least one of us was in the temple. Uh, whenever the cubes caught up with us because once this is started there's no stopping it um, I try to like fight off but I remember like I fell down string who looked like your stereotypical evil knight dude like dark armor horns and all that and everything so she hit him was like the the mace and then like we both started running and then I was just like a few steps away from the temple. She was already in there. And then the cubes caught up and I was segmented. Um, half of me was on the temple. Half of me was on the ground because I had stayed there to try and keep the string away from the temple itself. Um, but I, I woke up. And Lacemaker was there. While she was alone, it had taken her years to find my pieces. And she would wrangle them up and put them together and try and fit them all apart. But uh, since she, she couldn't get to me without putting to together other things, she had to pull together parts of the world. And since parts of the world are tied together, because when there's one cube, there's a cube in a different, the other half of the world that was attached to it. So if you put together this one cube across the world, another one will be fixed. So in the meantime, her trying to find my pieces and fix me, she also fixed some of the world. A lot of it, to be honest. It's impressive. So I woke up, she was there, she was older. She had found most of the pieces of me and put me back together, but not all. The world was the same. Most was back, but not all. The buildings were either crumpled or crumpling. The people were gone or should be. We walked out of the temple and the world was still there, but everything, the trees, the grass, and even the air was not whole. You could see through trees, most of the ground. The grass would end only to start up a little bit higher. And the air would have spots where the wind could not touch. Then I heard the sound of metal. 
I looked up and over the hill where there was a hole in the bushes that used to uh, circle the temple, I could see this tall building have a hole in it and it would, it buckled and started to fall and topple over. You could hear like car sirens and distant screaming because this far distant place, the world was still slowly falling apart and crumpling, these people frozen in time. But the second that the blocks were put together and something started moving, time would kind of reactivate around there. And I knew we had to get to the other temple to fix the bow. So that was all the way across the world. So on the way, we saw so much. And I remember every single time we would go into a house for like the night or for food, you would find like a piece of this, a piece of that. And since our job was to understand the world, we would understand what had happened there, who used to be there, and who was there still, right? Because you would see, like, a piece of paper, uh, a, a finger floating by with a ring on it, something like that, right? So all this all along the way, we'd get these cool little stories. would be an epic game, because you could find, like, little side quests and stuff. And we did. We met up with some friends. We had to put together a car to get on the highway because the highways were the fastest things. Well, the highways also were broken apart. So it was a dangerous game. At one point we had to be on the lower section of like a like a dual highway for some reason or another. And uh, we had to make the car go faster because I heard a groan and the top level was just starting to fall and was just about to squish us and we just made it into a little spot where there wasn't a second level just whenever it crashed behind us it did crush the car though and we had to walk the rest of the way there which took so much so much longer so we reached the temple um and we from this temple we were able to ascend into the sky to repair the bow, which at this point was just slowly unstringing itself and starting to lay flat. And the string was gone because the string was on our world. So whenever we got up there, the string materialized. He started to fight us. Lacemaker was trying to weave a string in the middle to control him and also for me to repair the bow with. Um, I was, we fought him uh, and I was able to grab the other side of the bow, pull it forward, able to loop the new string around it, string the entity uh, like went away, the bow was put back together and the world below us became whole. Uh, minus a few people, you know, and if it had fallen because of a hole, say like the, the the skyscraper or something that was also going to stay there because it it had happened after versus continuing to, to happen or some weird logic like that um, so we went home to our little house our pets were back that was really cool we had like a cat and a dog and then um, we heard laughter but not like the the good laughter it was string laughing from above us in the sky echoing across the world and then uh, he said you forgot something and at that moment I realized 
I wasn't whole. Parts of me still wasn't there. And since I wasn't all of me, I wasn't the tie maker. I didn't have the power, the ability, or the clearance to fully put the bow together. Because of that, it broke again. I heard the sound of the cubes coming closer, but this time faster, and I woke up. So I feel like I got the neutral ending to the game, right? Technically we didn't lose, we also didn't win. So I kind of want to play this quote-unquote game again, try and get the good ending. I don't know what that would be, but sounds cool anyways. Uh, I thought I'd share that, put out another interesting story, and sweet dream, you go. Bye-bye now. Stay wild. Stay kinky. Stay you.